Hello, I'm Stephen Morrow. And I'm Christopher Philippi. And this is The The Podcast Podcast with Benefits. On today's episode, we talk about... What happens when you come in someone's butt? Sex ed classes suck. Do dating apps suck? Does true love happen organically? Is your tape still sticky? My tape is definitely still sticky. It's like excruciatingly sticky. I have a problem. (laughs) And we've lost him. (laughs) Why do you spike the ball immediately? Every time. like being looked at with like silence you're you were right about the silence thing the silence is rough because this conversation is sex right now and silence during the conversation everything is sex to you everything is sex everything leads to sex everything starts with sex no i am not having nearly enough sex (laughs) so i wanted to touch i'm sorry i don't mean to laugh at that but it's pretty fucking up, actually. <laughs> it is. Um, I wanted to touch on that, and if uh, hopefully uh, <laughs> you feel comfortable enough to, to share. Um, first off, again, thanks for coming back uh, yet again uh, yeah. for another episode. Shiver me timbers. Timbers. Shiver me timbers. No, I like timbers. Let's shiver your timbers. <laughs> what is a timber? We're is there any alcohol in this sweet tea? I don't know. <laughs> is it Long Island? It's a um, short island. You had... Mentioned uh, in the most recent episode that uh, you had uh, you alluded to a lack of relationships and or serious dating. Um, long term. Long term. Yeah. How how's your love life going? What's you know? I mean, <laughs> is it going? There's not. Okay. Are you are you looking into that or, or do you just don't give a shit or? I mean, I. I want one. Okay. Really badly. Are you are you on the internet or what do you? I mean, I know it's it, right now it's rough because of, yeah. of COVID is still happening at the time of this recording. Um, but what are you what are you doing to remedy that situation? I don't really like dating apps. Okay. But like, it seems like that's the only way to meet people. It is. Unless you're willing to fuck within your circles of people, or you're extremely extroverted, being like that you go out, like that you and your group of friends go out often. Hence the difficulty with COVID. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. If if you are a very extroverted person and don't mind talking to like walking up to random strangers and talking to them, um, dating apps and, and or if you're not fucking people from your friend circle or from work, it's hard to meet new people. Um, and it's it's just very easy on the internet. But it's not to be said that it's not completely. It's very very possible to meet people outside of the internet. So, anyways, <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I just I'm losing my mind, <laughs> and I don't know why. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. I feel like I've completely lost. <laughs> Do we need to? Talk about anything, Steve? Are you okay? I have no idea. It's like I'm having a sudden manic episode, and I just need to. Let it out. (laughs) I just. (laughs) 
<laughs> He's got the giggles, folks. Uh, Anywho's, um, so you don't <laughs> like dating apps. What, what's your uh, dislike of dating apps? So I want to have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Most guys that I've encountered are like, damn, you're pretty, let's fuck. Me sure. Hey, I appreciate that, and yeah. I am really pretty, yeah. but I don't want to just fuck. Okay. I want to fall in love. Yeah. Which is fucking terrifying, because so far, every time I've done that, I've gotten hurt. Yeah. But... Nine times out of ten, you will, until you find the one, yeah. Still out yeah. here hoping, man. Yeah, sure, sure. That's true. But, like, I just, I mean, for me, the fantasy would be to meet someone and have great chemistry and have sex and then slowly fall in love while all that is happening. Yep. But I don't think that's realistic. I don't think that's how life works. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think that is. It it takes a lot of patience. Absolutely. I mean, like, it's very doable. Um, But it... It's just the forever waiting game. You just have to, like, and you can't fucking jump the gun on it either or else you fuck it up. Like, because when you start to experience that chemistry, you're like, ooh, it's there, there's something there. And your immediate instinct is to fucking act on it right away. But if you let that, if you leave it alone and let it, let the chemistry do its science thing, it'll get even better. So... Yeah. It's it sucks in the interim though because you're just like fuck. I can't flick this bean any harder. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I feel your pain because um, when you're looking yeah when you're looking for a relationship that is that is uh, a long and difficult road. So, I think when you mentioned the whole like fantasy of like you would meet somebody and then you have sex you have chemistry and then eventually it it ends up being. Uh, love of your life relationship kind of thing. I mean, that's that's not a oh, I'm meeting this person and I'm immediately in love. So, what's the holdup in meeting people then? I mean, because you said that there are people who are like, hey, you're you're really hot. I want to fuck you. That's all they want, though. Do you want to get fucked? Yeah. Okay. But I want to get fucked by the right person. Sure. Sure. Well, how do you know... You want to get fucked physically, not emotionally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, like, how do you know that they're not a person that you'll meet and have sex with and then have great chemistry and then you'll end up hanging out and then it'll turn into a relationship? Like, if you're not... And... Stop me if I'm going too hard. But if you're not... (laughs) I've never said that. <laughs> You've never said that? Stop me if I'm going too hard. No. I, no wonder she was screaming. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I assume that they'll just say something. <laughs> I mean, she was screaming. Sure. Anyways, why haven't you taken that step? I don't know. I guess I'm kind of scared. Uh, no, it's... Yeah, you're, it's fine. It's I, th- I think it has to do... And I, I'm no expert, but... Uh, I th- I feel like you might need to uh, untangle the two ideas of, of fucking and love, um, because I mean you already you already said in your fantasy that 
you meet somebody, there's chemistry, and you fuck, and then you fall in love. Like, the love came after the fucking. Yeah, I know. Because you have... They That's have, the fantasy, you have to then. You have to be good in bed. Like, I mean, the, I, I, I can love somebody, um, and I can have a deep, passionate love for them on many levels, but if they're not good in bed, I'm going to be left wanting. Like, and I, I'm being... Eventually, I'll get old and won't be able to fuck anymore, and it's, it is what it is. Um, but in the, in the interim, while I can fuck... Um, and while, you know, while my partner and I are still have that vim and vigor within us, we're going to get all that experience that we can. Um, so, anyways, I think if you can separate the two ideas, again, it's peanut butter and jelly. I discussed in the previous uh, our previous recording, uh, in that there's the fucking, which is great, and everybody needs to get fucked and wants to fuck. <laughs> I, and everybody I needs love. Everybody needs to get fucked. Everybody needs to get fucked, and and you know, and and everybody wants to be loved. But oftentimes, especially with society societal expectations, the two ideas are intertwined. If you can separate them and just know that all that still can happen, that chemistry and that love can still grow, and you can still fuck somebody uh, and have them be two separate lanes, and then eventually they might merge. Um, that's great, but don't necessarily see like if if some if person if, if the people you're fucking aren't seeking love, then obviously. But I think you can still get fucked in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. Eat the peanut butter. Eat the jelly. Have the sandwich later. Well, I don't like hookup culture. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So you're looking for then what? Then when you say you know. You Do you want, like, a regular fuck buddy who's not just a rando who's gonna fucking leave? I don't know. I... So, I would want... My... I would want to be, like, best friends with somebody and be able to trust that person and then take the next step. Okay. I don't want just some random guy who fucks me and then is like, okay, see you next week, like... I'm not interested in that. I believe that sex can have value. And I mean, I've had relationships where I've hooked up with people and then, you know, found out they're fucking crazy and been like, okay, well, I gave this person a part of myself mm-hmm. and I can't take that back. And, you know, I mean, it was some of the, some of the best sex I've had, but like... In the end, it was still really shitty because it didn't work out. Yeah. And I don't know. I just... I guess I have, like, idealized things that, like, most girls are taught. Like, you know... Like, when we were... have Like, in elementary school, I think it was. When they would do the sex ed, they would put tape on our arms and then the people who hooked up multiple times would stick their tape to a bunch of other people and then their tape wasn't sticky anymore and they were like this is what happens when you have too many people and you you know your tape's not going to be sticky jesus christ and I, the elementary school no less and like that this stuff impacted me yeah deeply yeah. obviously as a child mm-hmm. and like you know plus as i mentioned in episode two like I had such a religious upbringing and like 
even though I'm not so religious now, my mom still has like these really idealized religious ideolo- ideology about sex and like how you shouldn't rush into all that stuff. Yeah. And you really, from my experience, I, I agree in that the longer the friendship is built with sex, not outside of sex, the stronger it is. And that basis, that foundation for that relationship is so much stronger because of it. Now you can, you know, have sex within that, but it's, it makes it harder. So I completely understand where you're coming from. Um, and, and I, I, I agree. Uh, I mean, my partner and I were friends for years before we did anything. Um, but I think if, if you use Stephen's roadmap, um, and say, I need to like you, print. You need to patent it. Absolutely. Yeah, I need to, yeah. to patent, trademark, copyright, and yeah. make Don't you dare discuss roadmap. sex without paying Stephen first. If you discuss sec- your sexual expectations at all on a date, you owe Stephen Morrow one dollar. Ideally, yeah, yes. Yeah. Ideally, I would get paid for every sexual interaction. <laughs> right. In the world. Perfect. <laughs> Anywho's. If you take his methodology and just try to utilize the tools that are available to you, i.e. apps and, and dating websites, and say, I am not here for sex, I am here for a lo- something long term, you're still going to get lots of dick pics, and you're still going to get lots of dudes, you know, saying that you're beautiful and they want to fuck you. Uh, and all that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry but you gotta weed out the, the dicks and wait for the hearts it's just really hard it's so hard it's really fucking hard like those dicks yeah and like some of those dicks are tempting but I, I mean just, if you're tempted it's by okay a dick, treat it's yourself. okay I know it's okay but like eat a dick I don't know I just feel like I'm, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to have like a hoe phase and I don't, because like, I don't, I feel like I'm the type of person with the type of luck who would like end up with an STD or a child. And I don't want either of those commitments whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And just, I don't know. It's easier to hope that someone would come strolling into my life than to actually put in the effort. You are a writer, and a good one. I would utilize, leverage that. I mean, you know, I, I use, um, um, I use, I use the, the dating websites because I, I, I can express myself and compose my thoughts a lot better on paper and in typing. Um, so I, I definitely, I, I enjoyed having conversations over the internet a lot more than in person when I was dating because I could, I could compose myself better. Um, you know, you can put a, 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 a time limit on it. I mean, if somebody's willing to put in the work for a conversation, if you say, I don't want to even meet you in person for, I mean, you, you can put whatever stipulation you want on it for a month, you know, just let, let's keep having these, these chats 
Let me get to know you as a person. And I'm just throwing this. I mean, obviously, this is just one guy's, one asshole's opinion. But, um, le- you know, leverage it to what you want. You know, you are compl- in, completely in control of the situation. So if you, if you don't want the dick, if you want the heart, then say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to meet you because I'll be, we'll both be too tempted to, to get that dick going. So let's, let's just put the brakes on it. Put your, 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 your own restrictions on it. And I think that might, might help. Well, I have like some guidelines that I look for, okay. but like they've never been met before. <laughs> What are those guidelines? Like for dating, I want to go more than a day before the guy brings up any kind of sex. Mm-hmm. And that has never happened. Like they, it always comes up, especially if I explicitly say I am not interested in having sex. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a, well, we'll see about that. Right. It's very, yeah, it's, it's, it's a and it's, cha- so challenge accepted. Just, yeah. They bring it up and then, you know. I enjoy talking about it because right. I love sex. Right. I mean, you're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right. I talk about it, and then you know we talk, and then we never have another conversation after that. Or right. you know, I'm looking for someone who will continuously Guys. come back and like say like, hey, I make an effort to have a conversation with me. Mm-hmm. Or like, if I stop texting them. I almost want them to, like, double text me and be like, hey, like, are we still, you know, are you still there? Like, what's going on? Guys, we're, we're immature. And so, uh, I mean, I don't recommend uh, dating older guys by any means, but um, generally, I mean, at, at your, you're in your early 20s, yeah? I'm 27. 27. All right. You look much younger than that. Thanks. Um... Yeah, I mean, well, then you're about, you're almost fucking there then. I mean, like, honestly, you're you're almost out of the phase. Don't give up hope. Women have to have infinite patience because guys are just idiots. Um, well, well <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I like the, the generalizations. I think most people in general... Uh, when they have access to dating apps, dating apps are very optimized for hookups. Mm-hmm. They are not yeah. optimized for love right. because then the person won't use them. It's a singles bar, not a library. Yeah, and it, it wants to stay that way. Yeah. Uh, so using a platform that's optimized for a specific thing and, and, and something that kind of like preys upon people's uh, desire for instant gratification. Um, it's it's going to just end up going that route in general. That's not to say that you can't find love on a dating app. Many people do. But the people that you find on a dating app are the ones who didn't. And they're the ones who are using it probably for that as well. But, like, I mean, I don't... I, I, I just don't like the generalization. I get that. That's fine. Men are garbage. The, the source... Um, but I just think that it is a very sexually charged environment, and I think that many people go into it with that assumption. In the same way that you're also assessing the dating app with that assumption. Like, you're, you're choosing not to engage because you're like, oh, well, I don't want to because it's just sex-driven. 
But you also have kind of what Chris was saying. You have that bit of control where you can you can then we're, set the. We are mansplaining the shit out of this right now. Go on. It's okay. Go on. You can set the stage how you want. Is what I'm saying. And you can create those rules. And you said that yeah, you have the guidelines and stuff. Um, and and you're explaining that, and then the person still brings up sex. And that's fine. And then you say, okay, I, I, I move on. And that's good because then you're saying, okay, I have set that, that boundary and I am respecting that boundary that I have set for myself. So that's good. You're, you're... But it's tiresome. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, of course it's tiresome, yeah. Because, like, okay, you know, uh, not just you, but, but several people set this expectation of this is not going to happen. I'm not going to do this. You've said it yourself that that guys constantly are like I want to fuck you in your ass. Yeah. You know, and and you go out on a date and fucking you get disappointed because well, I explicitly said this isn't happening and yet here you are trying to make this happen. Yeah. Whether it's verbally or not, I don't want it. Um, and and even still, the more dates you go on, the more time you committed, like you're beginning to grow more attached to this person. The, like and then they still let you fucking down. Like it's exhausting. I hope that this ringing the, is not is as loud. Okay. The hat. Okay. Is, oh is my it, god. Okay, I, I can hear this fucking rattling. But <laughs> anyway, we haven't heard from you. Who is the source of this? We've been going on and on and on. I mean, I guess we're just trying to champion the internet. I think. Um. That's ultimately is is our our end goal is to not give up on the internet, especially right now because of COVID. But I think it's a it's a tool of that of how you leverage it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've tried. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've told men specifically, like I don't want. I don't want to hook up. I don't want to meet you right away. Like, I don't know you. Mm -hmm. I also don't, you know, want to spend too much time talking on an app because I've also fallen victim of making up a person in your mind that you talk to when you text somebody, you know. Mm -hmm. If you don't meet them in person, you kind of just create this person in your head of who you think they are. And then when you meet them, it would be a complete, like, oh, you're not who I thought you were at all, kind of thing. Well, that still happens in person as well. It's just easier. It's that it's harder to, to make up the best version of yourself because you don't have the ability to hit backspace when you're speaking live. Um, so you can be a bit more guarded with your words and or present your best self and or whatever self you think that person wants to receive. Uh, but when you're meeting a person, you can see them, you can see their body language, you can get a better sense for who they are, but they can still hide, ultimately. I think that, I think you can still fall victim to that aspect, but uh, yeah, you're always, people are always going to fill in the gaps for those mysteries with what they want to happen. It's, it's from mental to even to the masks the, the, the everyone's wearing masks now and I, I mentioned how 
in a previous episode that I fill in facial features of what I want to be there. Not to say that their facial features are are wrong, but it's not what I envisioned. And, and then they take off the mask and you're like, oh, fuck, that's <laughs> different. It's different. Yeah, it's not, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't realize you looked like that. It is different. <laughs> it is different from my perception. So yeah, people will always fill in what they, whatever they want. I. Real fast, I want to apologize. Okay. Um, I feel like, I feel like I'm coming from a, a place of privilege in the sense that, um. I feel like gay dating is different, and specifically, I feel like Grinder is so much different from other dating apps, in the sense that there's so much immediacy. Like, we don't have to wait to confirm that people have swiped right on the same photo. Uh, we can lay everything out on our profile. It blatantly lists like the most recent. STD tests that somebody had and whether they are positive or negative and whether they're on medication. It's like insane how you immediately have access to all this information. You know immediately uh, who is within a certain radius of you and it is sorted from closest to furthest. Um, it's really nice. And in that kind of environment on a dating app, it's very easy to just you can look through the, the pictures of people in your immediate vicinity and you can be like, oh, this person's attractive. And then you click it and you're like, okay, this person seems interesting. You can message them and be like, hey, what are you doing right now? Let's meet up at this restaurant and let's just talk. And it can happen like boom, boom, boom. And within 10 minutes, you're having a conversation with somebody and actually getting to know them instead of swapping dick pics on the internet. Usually there's still dick pics on the internet, but still. Uh, and I think that that kind of dating environment is more conducive. Is that the right word? Uh, it's more in line with kind of what you're looking for, where you don't want to have this weird tug-of-war game. You don't want to have, okay, this is only for sex or it's a no-go. You want to just be able to say, this is what I want. Let's feel each other out, not physically. And... <laughs> And then let's see what happens. Um, and that is why I wish every dating app were Grinder. I Personally. preferred OkCupid because I, I, when I was looking for a relationship, OkCupid, you could read about a person and their thoughts and opinions on things before engaging them in conversation. Because there's just a myriad of questions that you get to ask, you get to answer for yourself, and you get to specify how you'd like that other, your other person you're seeking to answer the question, mm -hmm. which oftentimes for me was completely radically different. Like sometimes I wanted to be aligned with certain things like politics or what, what have you, and then there's kinks in bed that I, I definitely need that person to be the complete opposite of me in order for this to work. That makes sense, yeah. Um, so okay, Cupid, I could dial in a personality or a type of what I was looking for, and also you know laying out there who I am, and you have to like do some soul searching to see like what how you genuinely would answer a certain question. But it's, and there's people who would answer just thousands upon thousands of questions, and the more they answered questions, the more of a more accurate percentage of that you know of of, of your likelihood of, of, of compatibility. 
if they only answered like 10 questions, it's not a decent enough litmus. Um, so I, I, I endorse OkCupid for relationship stuffs, but... Did um, you meet your partner on OkCupid? I did not. I did not. You met your partner... Just in, uh, at work. Okay. If you're not willing to fuck your friends or people you work with, you're not going to fuck a lot of people if you're not using the internet. But. So I think that also kind of goes into... I think it's hard to find love with checks in boxes and like even my, my roadmap method. That is not designed for love. That's designed for sexual gratification and setting boundaries. It is a consent and orgasm machine. <laughs> uh, but it can be, it's a tool. It can be used for other things. But I think where the, the quote-unquote love comes into play is in the interaction. And whether that interaction happens in an online chat room or in person, I think that the interaction has to happen. And oftentimes, I think that people get so hung up on the checkboxes, which is perfectly fine when it comes to sexual consent. But if you're looking for love, like, I mean, it's like finding a best friend. You don't find a best friend by saying, I specifically want this kind of friend. You just don't. You find a best friend organically. You meet them in school. You meet them at work. And, you know, you just kind of eventually build a relationship. It's the yeah. love story that you mentioned. Yeah. But, you, you know, accept them for friendship. who they are. Yeah. Uh, and that, that just happens because it just happens. It's a roll of the dice. Yes. It's kind of random. But... I don't think there's as many cases of that happening when uh, it's like, okay, I have this specific set of requirements. Um, so, with that being said, I think, and obviously I don't want to say that there's a right or wrong decision here, because ultimately it's entirely your decision. But me personally, I am at least currently going to encourage people to just meet other people like i know that it it can often be intimidating and scary especially in covid times and that puts a wrench in the works but still uh, the more that you can just interact organically i think that that's just a better environment for love to happen or for chemistry to happen and actually covid might even be a good way to do that without it being as high risk. Like you could do video chatting, for example. You are are preaching this message from a very Steven perspective. I fucking hate talking to people. Like, I hate meeting people and talking to them. I'm good at it, but I don't like it. I'm not comfortable with it. Like, I'm uncomfortable in my own skin, and I, like, I just... Like, I'm confident in who I am, I know who I am, but I just don't like the, the minutiae of small talk... Mm-hmm. And and the awkwardness of introducing myself, I fucking hate every single second of it. You have no problem with it. You're oh, just I, like, I'm, I'm Steven. That's a lie. Okay. I have a lot of problems with it. Okay. I have, like, extreme anxiety with social interaction. Okay. Um, and 
Like, even just now, like, at the beginning of this episode, I was going to edit it out, but now I'll leave it in there. When I had, like, a sudden manic laugh attack, <laughs> it's because I was literally imagining myself from both of your guys' perspectives. And I was laughing. Okay. Because I think I'm ridiculous. You are, um, and that's why I love it. And, yeah, but, like, I mean, it was, it was a very nervous laughter. Like, mm-hmm. even with people that I am extremely close to. But you, I like, have this anxiety. You will meet somebody and then make a fucking, a, you know, a more or less a friendship date with pe- with random fucking strangers. That is to me just like so. Obs- it's a fucking Picasso. Like it, it doesn't. It, I didn't compute. I couldn't ever do that. That's not to say that it's not terrifying though. Why? But you continue uh, to do it. Like yeah, because I'm fucked up. Okay. Uh, but like. <laughs> But no, I mean, but still, I, that's why I kind of want to encourage more people to do it, though. It's like a weird thing, but like, I think that there's something to be said about vulnerability. I think that's honestly the key. Name name a, an in, integral, important relationship that either of you have that was not made organically in a situation that you may or may not have been un- uncomfortable in. Other than your parents. Rephrase the question. Name an important integral relationship that you have in your life that was not made organically. Can you rephrase the question, not restate it? I'm sorry. Um, Who is a person in your life Mm -hmm. that is very meaningful to you? Mm -hmm. And... I mean, just think of how you met that person. Like, your partner, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. Or, you know, your three closest friends. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, name your closest friends. How, I mean, don't name them. <laughs> but, like, think of how you met them. And I can guarantee you that in most cases, it was either some, like, random stumbling upon uh, where it was not a, like, you have to pass a... A, a series of, of checks and boxes and requirements. Um, There's no situation like that. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, but that's what I'm saying. So if you're looking for a meaningful connection with somebody and you're trying to come up with like a, a scientific method... There's no scientific method. But I'm saying... But okay, I'm not saying that apps have got it right or dating websites have got it right or anything, but you can weed out... I'm not going to get along with a right-wing individual in a friendship method, let alone a relationship. Like, so, or a religious zealot. Like, there's going to be some base problems that we're going to have in regular day-to-day conversation, and I immediately can wipe them out. Don't have to talk to them in in in, in a contrived internet situation. In the... Like in in the Tinder scenario or in a organic scenario, you go through the motions of that small talk, getting to know you, and then they say some dumb shit, and you're like, "Oh fuck! Now I'm involved in this. Fuck!" <laughs> like, and that's that's the situation that I fucking hate, and then I that's that's I, I, I like the 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 safety of the internet where I can weed that person out immediately, like filter on this. I don't believe in science. <laughs> okay, cool. You keep on believing that. Um, so, I'm not saying that, of course, friendships and, and relationships, any kind of ship, 
generally happens organically and by complete happenstance. You accept somebody and love somebody for who they are, regardless of your differences. It's because of your similarities that you bond and gel and stay together. But those inherent differences that will cause friction, some can be overcome. Like I'm, I am friends with people who have conservative views and are right-wing and are religious, uh, and we can sometimes have a good back and forth. But... Uh, the basis of a relationship, we avoided that conversation for a long time. It was, that was the sex. <laughs> you know, that, that fucking and fighting were often the same thing. And those fights didn't come up until long after we developed a, a solid friendship. Um, and you're like, damn it, like, we were so good, and then you had to go say this stupid shit. Um, Anywho, I think that the the internet... Uh, the, 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 that contrived scenario, that not that unorganic scenario you're talking about, is is uh, a great way to just cut out a lot of the the extra work that could happen if you're getting set up organically. If you know, if you think that Emily would be great for somebody, and then it, suddenly it comes up that they just hate urine. <laughs> like, well, damn it. Like, you know, all this great work has been done for naught. Because there are some base things here that need to exist that can be facilitated. You can just cut out a lot of the, the middleman, you know? I'm not saying you can't... Of course, of course, you're right in that those strong relationships happen organically. But they could happen... Via the, you know via the internet there, there there are millions of cases of people meeting over the internet. That hasn't happened in this room, but it doesn't mean it hasn't happened. I think it's more relationship rather than friendship, and or something that started as a relationship. You know, but I mean I met Andreas on Grinder. Okay. And I have. That wasn't an organic scenario. I. Uh, well, we also, we didn't really talk much before we met. Mostly because he didn't speak English. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it was very much so like a, a... It was me trying to get him to meet with me in person. For the audience, I am pouring water. <laughs> He's just pissing in the urinal. The Sorry. studio urinal, yeah, yeah, located directly in front of the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it even picked it up, but that's fine. Emily designed the studio. So. M, can I call you M? Yeah, sure. Okay. You've been rather quiet during <laughs> all this exchange. What are your thoughts on what Stephen and I are going back and forth on? And if you don't agree with me one hundred percent, I will take it personally. Oh God. <laughs> I don't really have much thoughts, to be honest. I mean, I don't really have many friends. Okay. And I don't have many, like... I mean, most of the people that are in my life are people that I either met in high school or in college. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. And I've had plenty of jobs since then. Mm-hmm. And... You're not alone. That's completely a, a, every scenario. It's a very common scenario. I mean, 
I have my circle of friends from high school. I have my circle of friends from what would be my college years. And then a series of, of friends that I've accumulated through work, most of which are work friends that kind of fell by the wayside when we weren't working together. Um, but a few of them stayed on. Um, they, they, they suffer through for some reason. Uh, and are gluttons for punishment. Um, but yeah, that's your, your, uh, at least I was sensing a bit of, you sounded a bit despondent, uh, you know, you sounded sad about uh, a lack of friends, but those, a few real friends is, is a great treasure, and <clears throat> people who have lots of friends don't really have lots of friends, they just know a lot of people and are extroverted, I mean, a real circle of friends who have your back, anyway, anyway. You don't don't. There's no need to sound sad. Okay. I think, I think you're good. I think you're. I think it's a very common experience. But. Well, I just think this is something that I kind of struggle with a little, okay. and I do want to meet new people. Yeah. And bring new people into my life, because I think that we learn valuable lessons from the people in our lives, because of you know just how they've experienced life and the situations that they might put us through. Yeah. But I'm also, like, kind of terrified to branch out of my comfort zone because it's uncomfortable. Sure. And with COVID on top of all of that, it makes it even more difficult to meet people organically or, you know, with the experiences that I've had with meeting people on the Internet, like, it's like... Feels like a loss either way sometimes. So. It's yeah, no. As much as I talked about you know detesting meeting people and all that that that, that stuff, I still I still enjoy people's company obviously, and I want to you know I don't necessarily want to expand my friend circle, but I'm not I'm not shut off to the idea of new friends, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I, I very much value people. I've begun to value people's opinions on things because I know that when they differ from my own, I can stand to learn some things. Uh, you don't want to be trapped in an echo chamber of just people who are just exactly like you, and and you won't ever grow that way. You'll just be the same, same dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But I don't know. I think that it is perfectly okay for anyone to want to feel comfortable and secure. But when I look back on my life at all of the moments that mean the most to me, they have been my least comfortable. <laughs> uh, honestly. And when I look back at those moments um, and I like think about why they're important to me I come to the conclusion that it requires vulnerability and a certain degree of not knowing what you're doing <laughs> and like I know that that sounds really weird and, and stupid but and, and dangerous even but there's like I don't know, there, I feel like there's something to that, and I think that a lot of times people 
stop themselves from being okay with vulnerability, I guess. And, I mean, that's not to say that you shouldn't have any boundaries. I still have boundaries. And we all do. And I think that that's good. And it's good to to be upfront about those boundaries and to be honest with yourself about those boundaries and to understand those things. But also at the same time, I think that it's important for us to venture out, I guess. Yeah, I don't want to disparage putting yourself in, in uh, you know, an unknown situation. You know, it's, it's important to be uncomfortable if you want to experience change. If you are completely happy with the way things are, then don't get uncomfortable because things won't... You know, if, if you're comfortable, things generally are staying the same. Um, so if you want your life to change, you're going to have to be okay with getting uncomfortable. Um, I think that right there, though, is the issue. I think a lot of people want change, but then don't want to, be to change anything. Right. Uh, about like you know. Of course, the, I want a million dollars. I want it to fall in my lap. Yeah, I don't want to have to work hard <laughs> for it and or be uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, I mean, and I'm honestly, I fall into that as well. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot. Yeah. I am a creature of habit, and I do a lot of the same things. Um, even sometimes I, I come up with like loopholes to my own thing of, okay, I need to be uncomfortable. I'm going to try this new thing. I have this idea for a new project and it's going to be like this weird vulnerable thing. However, I'm going to do it with the same people that I've done my other projects with and I'm going to do it in the same exact way that I do all my other things. It's like that same kind of thing. Right. Um, and I, th- but I mean, it's almost like bringing a safety blanket into the unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when I was traveling and doing the convention thing and meeting with strangers, I was with a friend. Yeah. And almost every time that I met these strangers for the first time, the friend was there. They were my safety blanket. They were the, the security or whatever. Or if I would meet somebody for the first time, I would be in a public place where there are people around. And that like that significantly decreased the chances of them touching my penis <laughs> um <laughs> it still happened twice but it significantly less likely yeah. than in private so um yeah it's just it's like there there are things that you can do to to kind of give you a sense of security even in vulnerable positions like like for example if you wanted to meet a stranger um and you were feeling any certain way about it, I would gladly go with you. <laughs> and I know that sounds weird, but like if you're upfront with the person, you're like, hey, I would love to get to know you. I am going to be here with my friend. Like I'm gonna be at the, the food court in the mall with my friend. <laughs> <laughs> wow, took it all the way <laughs> yeah. back. We're in the 90s now. Yeah. Uh, do you wanna stop by and chat? Some people actually take you up on that. Like, when I was working at conventions, I was literally sitting in a booth, working at a booth and selling shit. And I would be on Grinder, and I'd be like, hey, you seem pretty cool. Want to stop by and chat? I'm at this booth in front of this thing. And then they would stop by, and some of these people I'm still in contact with. And, like, it's, it's, it's those kinds of things. And it's still terrifying, yes. And I still had, like, a lot of anxiety about it, Yes. But, like, 
know, it's it's one of those things where I think I. It's a matter of valuing. It's like a risk and reward type thing, I guess. And um, I understand that. Again, I am speaking from a place of privilege. There's there's less risk for somebody in my position than a woman, for example. Like I I totally I understand that. Um, so the value assessment is a is a little bit more intensive or you know potentially dire for for certain people. I understand that. Uh, all that I'm saying is I I I feel like there's there's like a resistance to putting oneself out there and sometimes you just kind of have to push through that resistance and if you need a hand to hold while you do it that's fine i i don't mind being that hand well thank you um but i mean that's I, I mean, I guess that's it, really. I think you've made your point. Well done. Um, well, I kind of just want to say that I think for a long time, I was in a place where I wasn't necessarily mentally ready to be in a relationship. Like, like I mentioned in the last episode, I guess, um, I did a lot of growing just from episode two to where we are now and I feel like I had a lot of emotional baggage to work through and just like things that have happened in the past that you know still affect me and I don't really know if I was necessarily mentally mature enough to have the kind of relationship that I am wanting because like I want to I don't want to get myself into something that I'm not looking for. I really want to have a stable, loving relationship. And I think that I had to go through a lot of things in order to realize that I had these things that I needed to work through in order to become pre prepared for the type of relationship that I want. Okay. So I just don't want it to sound like I've been, you know, walking around like why do I not have love <laughs> why am I still single you know? <laughs> because I think for a long time it has kind of been a choice and I'm just now kind of getting to a place where I am feeling secure enough to want to branch out and experience another relationship yeah so I guess I just wanted to redeem myself Absolutely, yeah. No, you're good. You're I'm not good. that big of a loser. No. <laughs> and you, like, yeah, you are way harder on yourself than than you should be. And I think everybody you know, is their own worst critic. Um, no, yeah, like you, you acknowledge that you, you need some time to grow. And, and I think a lot of people don't even, they never look in the mirror. You know, they never do that introspection. And so they, and they wonder why shit keeps falling apart when and they always blame the other you know the other person when sometimes it's they need to do some soul searching and some growing so it's all very valid and, and completely fair I just, i'm just the asshole asking these weird probing questions about 
your relationship status. So. <laughs> to go back to the weird elementary school sex ed thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was pretty intense, huh? I mean, we actually. I mean, we're talking like before sixth grade, like <laughs> elementary, elementary. It might have been sixth grade. Okay. I mean, I remember that it, I used to live in a small town, and it was K through twelve, and I stayed there until seventh grade, and I know that it happened at that school. Okay. So it was probably anywhere from. Fourth, fifth, maybe? Wow. I don't know. I know I was young. That just seems like such a traumatic <laughs> experience. And like, all, I know that's... Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it, and it was uh, a religious school, yes? No. No. No, it was public school. Wow! Okay, even more so. I mean, it, it, it is sex ed, though. Like, I feel like sex ed is so shitty. <laughs> like, I... I've never heard a good story about, that was a great sex ed class, I am prepared. Like, I know things and I am comfortable, like, I have never heard that from a sex ed class. Right, but they're really putting a stigma on on sex as far as, like, you know, you, you don't have enough sticky tape to fucking stick to somebody with, like, as far as, there's so many ways to take that, I mean, like, you're, you know, you're a used tape you know, you're, you're, nobody wants to use used tape right I mean fuck but not only that it literally does not function right yeah like you've used it so much it no longer works that's terrifying yeah that's not okay I I just want to take this moment to say if you are listening to this right now I need you to know that your tape is still sticky that actually, I know uh, at least one person that will be not okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't. They don't like stickers or tape or sticky things. So, well, they don't want to be. I hate to break it to you, yeah. but your tape is still sticky. Um, <laughs> Maybe if you slept around a little more. What I would actually like to ask, <laughs> ask the listeners uh, at this point: first off, in the previous episode, uh, thank you very much for uh, not only listening to us but also. Uh, reading M's stories and 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 um, and following along there. Please. And bookmarking, because and that bookmarking. means so much to me. Absolutely, yeah. Continue. If you haven't, definitely check out... Uh, and what's the website again? It's Archive of Our Own. I think it's .com. Okay. And my story's called Kidnapped. Yeah. What's the, the author name that you have on there? It's Secret Emerald. All right. So search that, and we'll have a link to it uh, in the the notes. Show notes, yeah. Um, so first off, thank you uh, for sharing with us and and uh, and enjoying the source material of, of many of our of our guests. But please write in or call in or email us, whatever's, with your sex ed stories. Oh yeah, um, because there's there's just so many bad examples, so many great examples of, of bad information, <laughs> and bad examples of good information. Right, 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 right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think in my earliest sex ed class, I was in about roughly sixth grade, probably. Um, I don't remember much of the sex ed class, but the only thing I do remember is I asked the teacher, "What happens when you 
when a man ejaculates in a, in a woman's butt, <laughs> what 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 where does it go? Uh, and she just said, you know, eventually poop it out. Um, <laughs> and I mean, she she was great actually. She was a good because she was very upfront and honest with us, mm-hmm. and she was able to 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 handle those questions like a champ. Later on in high school, the sex ed teacher would only call sex the hubba bubba. And so I think... The bubble gum. Yeah, he was an awful, (laughs) awful person to teach sex ed because he couldn't even call it sexual intercourse. He called it the hubba bubba. Whereas the original teacher would just took my tiny little question and... You poop it out the bubble. You poop it. You you poop it right out. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only memory that I have of sex ed... The, it was like a different teacher. She was like a guest sex ed mm-hmm. teacher who came in and she was pregnant at the time. Uh, so obviously she had some experience. Um, <laughs> but when the class would ask her questions, she would get very defensive. Like she, she would, she would be upset. Like, um, and, and some of the class would ask like silly questions because mm-hmm. they knew that it was a sex ed class and we were in high school. Yep. So a lot of people had already, you know, experimented with all manner of things. So they would ask these questions and stuff, but some of the classmates were also pregnant and they were asking like some, I thought pretty serious questions, uh, about pregnancy and, um, you know, even, even some of them like asking questions about like abortion and things like that. And uh, I think that those are understandable questions for somebody to be asking in a sex ed class. Um, especially, you know, I mean, these are these were students that were having sex and some of them were pregnant and, you know, some of them further along than others. Um, and she cried and left the classroom and we never saw her again. And that is my only memory of sex ed. She should probably be fired, but... Um, I mean, I never saw her again. You have to take the emotion out of it, and you have... I mean, you're going to get asked ridiculous things in any... Being a teacher of children, you're going to be asked silly questions, and people are going to try to get a rise out of, you know, make you know, a mockery of anything, uh, whether it's math or sex. And so you have to be ready for that shit. But also, just just try to answer the question scientifically and honestly. That's it. That's all we fucking need. Yeah, and I mean, it was like... It was concerning, though, specifically because it was like... She was, like, projecting her own, mm-hmm. like, feelings. I don't even remember specifically the context or whatever. Sure. But, like, I just remember feeling like it was totally uncalled for for her to... Act though, and I mean, I understand if she's going through a personal thing, whatever, that's fine. But also, like, you're teaching sex ed in front of a class of people who, you know, have questions. Yep, you need to um, answer. Yeah. But I mean, there is actually one other memory that I have from the sex ed class, and that is, uh, I actually remember this because I thought it was insulting. They passed out that that paper, and this is like infamous in sex ed classes. It was like the pledge of abstinence, and everyone had to sign it. I mean, they said that it was optional, mm-hmm. but I mean, your peer pressure didn't. It is then it. recollected. Yep. You turn it in like an assignment. Mm-hmm. The teacher knows whether you signed it or not, and I distinctly remember the sex ed teacher 
was giving it to another student who was visibly pregnant. Mm-hmm. And it was a pledge to not have sex before marriage. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, it, it, it felt very insensitive. And like in the paragraph, it was like, I understand that there's a, an, in, like an intense health risk and, you know, I could get STDs and um, it, sex is a very special thing and like all of these things. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Yeah. This is, this is a mother here and you're, you know, it, 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 I just didn't, it didn't sit well with me. Um, so. Yeah, but it probably would have been a bigger event if she hadn't given the paper. To everybody but that person? Yeah. 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 I, I mean, honestly, I just think that she shouldn't have done that. Like, I, I the idea of a public pledge of anything. Yeah. It, I mean... I also remember signing the abstinent pledge. I don't recall signing that. I mean, I signed it, and I think that same day, I, well, I won't go into detail. But <laughs> That's the good part! That's the good part right there! You went you took it through all that to not tell us about the fucking... The same exact day, I jerked off my boyfriend in the hall of the school. Perfect! Through his pant leg. Like, I reached up his pant sure, leg. Sure, sure. <laughs> Somewhere on the security footage. Yeah. I think the the abstinence pledge still hanging out of my backpack. I was the only... I was one of two students who didn't pass the D.A.R.E. program. Because I was expelled at the time (laughs) that it happened. Because uh, of a drug-related expulsion. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Fuck it. Yeah, no, I... It was... A joke. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, the dare program and sex ed needs to be completely reformed and or removed. I think sex ed is important, uh, if but it's it's Americans so hung up on sex. Uh, it's rough. It's rough. That's why we're here. That's why we're fucking doing this. Yeah, I mean to undo all the sex ed bullshit. Imagine if sex ed were this. No shame. No pledges. It's a bit much. I think. You just, I mean, I think not, that's a bit excessive. Okay, hold on. Not, it's not, not specifically this. Yeah. But I, I like the this the concept of this. The, the concept of here are stories. Ask mm-hmm. your questions. Yeah. Let's. That's definitely what I wanted to do. Just converse about this. Yeah, that's what I, I wanted. That I I did want a dare class. Like I, I wanted to sit in front of a class of students and at, like have them ask me like my experiences with drugs. And I'd love to answer those honestly and say, you know, because I, I, I have a myriad of good and bad stories. And so I'd like to have them have my honest feedback. And I, you know, don't, I, I say I don't regret anything necessarily, but I definitely don't recommend copying or emulating a lot of the behavior I did. Like my life would be a lot easier. Like I wasted about four years of my life fucking off and getting real high. And I could have been a lot more productive, and, and not for society, but for myself. Mm-hmm. But I think there needs to be yeah, just facts, factual evidence, and then if a question is answered, no matter how out there it is, it needs to be taken seriously and answered honestly. And honestly, that would take away a lot of the jokesters in class, is if you're like, well, Timmy, if you do ejaculate in the butt, it just gets pooped out. You know, it's like, I wasn't trying to be an asshole. Like, I asked that question privately to the teacher 
after class because I was embarrassed to ask, but I genuinely wanted to know what happened to the semen in the butt. Um, now I know. <laughs> now you know. Yeah. Do you have any other sex ed experiences? Well, um, I wanted to say that the whole tape experiment thing was like a gather round in a circle, kids, and here's your piece of tape, and... You know, she would... But, and then you're you're telling the kids that this is sex. That I, I So you're making kids have sex with each other metaphorically through tape. <laughs> That's yeah. fucked up. Here's yeah. your virginity. And now like, lose it. Not, oh, right. And, and there's going to be kids who don't get picked. Then there's going to be oh, uh, people who get picked way too much and they weren't ready to get picked. What in the fuck is that exercise? Yeah, because like here, I think that like one of the more popular girls in school got picked to, like, go around and sticker tape to a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Only to then be told, you're a whore. Right. And, right. like, I'm sitting here thinking, like, how did that affect her, I wonder. Right. And then I think I remember, like, only sticking my tape to, like, two people and then being, like, having this sigh of relief when my tape was still sticky. Like, oh, God. That is, that is fucked. That whole exercise is Fucking Wizard? bizarre. Yeah. It is bizarre. And it sounds abusive. Absolutely. Yeah, that is uh, traumatizing. Was there like a like a pin the tail on the donkey moment where everyone lined up and tried to put their tape on something to see if it stuck? Yeah, I think there was. I think there was like a now go stick it here kind of thing and like, you know. Let's find out if Timmy's a whore. Fall to the ground, and then you'd be like, so this is what happens when you have too many partners. It's harder to find someone that will stick. That sounds like an idea that somebody had because they wanted that witty line right there. It's hard to find someone that will stick. Right. But they didn't think about it. Like, they they really didn't think about it. They were just like, all right, I want to do this, but... They weren't thinking about what they're actually saying. I think it's only something that could have gotten away with during our childhood. Like, I don't think any of that would fly nowadays. But, I mean, if I was to reform sex ed myself, I think that it shouldn't just be one teacher. I think it should be... At least one male and one female. Maybe more. Like, one straight male, Mm -hmm. one female, one gay male, mm-hmm. or somebody who's bisexual or right. something, or even, like, asexual, because, yeah. you know, if there's a kid out there who has none of these feelings, right. they, they need to yeah. feel that representation. And they, they also there needs to be an education for people who, who don't feel that way. I mean, like, there's so many reasons that representation matters. It's not only to... Make sure that so that one or few that few individuals feel included, but is to educate the other the majority as well. Yeah, and I think that uh, the big thing is is like their children, you know. Yeah, their children, and I get it. Talking to a kid about sex that's freaky. Nobody wants to do that, but when you're a kid, first of all, you don't really think of it the same way as an adult does. But when you have these questions, and you can't, like, there are some kids who don't have parents that they can go to and talk to freely, whether their parents are non-existent or just not part of the picture, 
or way too strict. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember my mom wanting to give me the talk, and I wouldn't let her because I was so repulsed by the idea of sex that I, I didn't want to hear that from my mom. Right. So I figured all that stuff out through fan fiction. So, you know, to be able to have an adult that you're not connected to who maybe comes into your school and just has, like, a good vibe about them who's just chill. Yeah. That you can ask anything to and not, you know, even, like you said, when they're trying to egg it on and get the whole, like, what happens when you flick a titty, you know? Well, Timmy, that might feel good, or it might not, you know, just to have someone be real with a kid. Absolutely. Then I think they would be like, oh, well, I actually really want to know this. Right. Because if you, if you don't, you know, if you don't play into it and get upset by the question, if you just answer it, it's like, oh, shit. Like, not only did you took the gas out of it, but you also educated myself and other people. It's just going to encourage that conversation and that education but yeah, absolutely. Talking to my parents, like my dad, I'm sure would have had to talk with me, no problem. But I didn't want to talk to him about it because there's a fear of repercussions, and and you know you have to live with that person. Mm-hmm. Whereas a teacher, you can just you put them away, and they don't exist outside of school. Yeah. You see them in the supermarket, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? You belong in school. Yeah. So <laughs> that's actually that's a big reason why I was pretty upset that there was not a single mention of homosexuality at all in my sex ed class. Yeah. I, I don't even want to call it a class. Uh, <laughs> my sex ed experience. Yeah. Um, and, like, I, I honestly think that that's dangerous uh, because it put me in a position where I, I didn't have very many points of references because at the time, like, I wasn't, like, I, I wasn't really watching many things online. I, I wasn't... 100% certain about like myself. I just had a lot of questions and I wasn't out. And so having that person that you're disconnected from without any repercussions um, is extremely important in that situation uh, because you know, some people literally cannot tell their parent safely. Yeah. Right. Uh, they literally cannot. Like, I mean, and that's not even just uh, people on the LGBTQA plus spectrum, like it, there can just be a, a legitimate like baseline heterosexual individual who maybe they have like extremely strict parents, and that is just flat out not allowed. And like the idea of someone with an honest question that is health related, and then them being punished for having that honest question or that curiosity is terrifying, I think. Like, I, I would honestly, I would argue that it's, it shouldn't be scary to talk to students about sex um, within context, but I would, I would actually argue that not only that, I think it's dangerous not to. Because Absolutely. then where else are they going to get it? Like, if, if they can't learn about this health-related thing in school, where are they going to get this information? Like, what reliable source? <laughs> Fan fiction. Television, which can do sometimes a great, but mostly 
really bad job at representing the truth of something. Yeah. I mean, there was a point in time where pretty much every gay character in anything was an AIDS plot point. Yeah. <coughs> or, like, even when you look at things like Yaoi and stuff, they're always, like, a very dominant guy and this really submissive girly guy who's like, stop, don't touch me like that. You know, and there are plenty of gay relationships, male and female, where they're both feminine or they're both masculine or mm -hmm. they're both non-binary or, you know, yeah. in the middle somewhere. Right. It's not all dom-doms and sub-subs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just think that a lot of kids end up internalizing and thinking there's something wrong with me for feeling that the way that they feel, whether it be homosexual or aromantic or asexual. Or they don't get to fully enjoy and experience their own sexuality because they're uneducated about it. Yeah. I mean... Uh, there's yeah there's the the extreme of of that uh, that's you know that, that feeling of loneliness and and not belonging and feeling weird and different but there's also the uh you know the just not fully exploring that you know like seeing only in monochrome and not the full rainbow i mean yeah there's there's lots of detriment to a lack of education and and and, and those are things that we take into our adult lives. Right, yeah. absolutely. And, and that's why, I'm, honestly, that's another reason I love these conversations is it gets to unpack all that and and destigmatize it and, and yeah. And let, you, let everybody know that you're not a fucking alone no matter what. Uh, and let's talk about it. Let's fucking talk about it. Please, let's talk about it. If you'd like <laughs> to talk about it, um, feel free to reach out. Yeah. Uh, you can email us at bemorethanfriends at gmail.com. You can comment on mtfproductions.com or on our Facebook page. And many more. Was that a, I think that's a seamless well, plug? Well, wait, if you guys want me to be in future episodes, make sure to let Chris or Steven know. But you want me back. There we go. Because I love being Promoting here. yourself. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and please read my story. Yes. Yeah, check the show notes for a link to the story. And leave a comment or whatever, because going forward, I have a shit ton of ideas. And I really want to hear from the audience. So if you're into it and you want more of it, you can either hit me up on my Tumblr, which is linked in my story. Or, I don't know, find some other way to contact me. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't be creepy. <laughs> Just don't be creepy. Damn it. Honestly, that's that's a good rule. Just don't be don't creepy. Don't be creepy. Yeah. I can't not be creepy, though. I'm pretty creepy. I always feel like I'm really fucking creepy. I am so creepy. Yeah. Sorry. Just a bunch of creepers over here. Okay, fine. Fuck it. Be creepy. <laughs> <laughs> don't be creepy, though. Don't be creepy. <laughs> be yourself. Just don't hurt others. Yourself. Don't. And remember, your tape is still sticky. Ugh. <laughs> Man, that was fucked up. That was <laughs> fucked up. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Podcast with Benefits. If you enjoyed this show, please rate, 
follow and or subscribe to the podcast with benefits wherever podcasts are distributed. Please reach out to us by writing an email to be more than friends at gmail.com, commenting on mtfproductions.com, or finding us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash be more than friends. One day, we hope to do this for a living. To help make that dream come true, please donate what you can to our show at mtfproductions.com. Your donations help us purchase better equipment, fund more merchandise, and hold events. Please share this show with a friend that you love. Thank you.